Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I must say, a fabulously long-awaited pod. We have my friend Rashad Asir, a content creator, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Rashad, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Alexis. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Are you ready to dive in? Our friendship has really needed this, I feel like. (laughs) It has needed this. I agree. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Mercury, the company more than 100,000 startups trust for banking. Now more than ever, startups are looking for the safest place to put their cash. For... Uh, no specific reasons other than just um, because. Anyway, Mercury offers secure banking through an intuitive product experience that innovates alongside you. Through partner banks and their sweep networks, Mercury customers can access up to $5 million in FDIC insurance. That's 20 times the per bank limit. Why that matters? These sweep networks protect your deposits by spreading them across multiple banks, limiting the risk of any single point of failure. I wonder if that'll ever be relevant. Sign up is easy. Applying takes just minutes, and many customers are approved and onboarded in less than two hours. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances. Ooh, a disclosure. Mercury is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Evolve Bank & Trust. Members FDIC. In 2022, Rashad, or at Corporation, made a hobby into his full-time job, observing and commenting on corporate America, dating, and general social life as a millennial. In December of 2021, Redpoint Ventures found him on Instagram and recruited him to join and apply that same style of satire and observational comedy to the small but absurd world of venture capital. Rashad is consistently reposted by some of the largest comedy account, like at Betches, at Nine Gag, etc., and now writes, edits, and produces daily short-form sketch videos commenting on all things tech, VC, and corporate culture. Video production has also expanded beyond satire and sketch. Rashad is helping Redpoint investors and Portcos reimagine traditionally boring corporate content into something fresh and authentic that cuts through the noise. Besides making millions of people on the internet laugh, Rashad is trying to send a message to be more original and stop taking ourselves too seriously. Rashad Asir, welcome to Non-Technical. And it is up. (laughs) Wow, this is a real treat. I'm surprised that your bio doesn't also say like pickleball enthusiast. I really associate you with pickleball. (laughs) I know, I know. I had to pull back my brand being associated with pickleball after the whole parents saga. Did I tell you about this? The thing in the courts where you usually play? Yeah, the West Village. And I was like (laughs) broadcasting this fight between the parents and the kids. Oh my God. And then I started getting inbound from journalists being like, hey, will you comment on? And I was like, do I really want to be the guy who took over the public spaces in New York City and didn't let the kids play? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you almost became that guy, the pickleball bully of small children. (laughs) Yeah, well, the sport is doing just fine. It doesn't need you as a champion right now. It's still thriving. They just opened up like 10 courts in the middle of Central Park. Did you That's see this? That's right. No, yeah. you know that I've never played pickleball, right? Mm, mm. Maybe we should go out there. 
I think we should. I will say I just got new tennis shoes this weekend, so I feel more ready than ever for racket sports. Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. Wait, do you play tennis? I do, yeah. Oh, we should play tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's better. We should definitely play tennis. This is a great podcast so far. I'm enjoying it. I <laughs> totally am enjoying it. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. It's always such a treat to have an actual friend on the pod. I am trying to remember when we first met, and I, I don't, actually. I'm sure it was through the internet, right? No! I think... No, it was yeah, through it was, Logan. It must have been at Josh's, yeah, because we had you on the Logan Bartlett show, which That's I, right. you know, kind of started help producing and doing some of the back-end right. stuff for. The and, Logan uh, Bartlett show, FKA Cartoon Avatar, FKA Three Cartoon Avatars. <laughs> exactly. And it was, like, probably a month into the job for me, and I mm. remember sitting there... And you kind of went through your whole career trajectory. Yeah. And as excited was as I was to like hear you talk about your time at Patreon and then mm. leaving to be a full-time creator, yeah, it kind of got me thinking like, ooh, that could be a, an interesting career path. Like I Ugh. hadn't really totally considered. That makes me so happy. Yes, that is where we met in real life. And then now we're friends and we see each other for real. Yeah. And we talk about And tennis. now we collab. And now we collab. It's happening. Oh my yeah. God. The dream. Okay, well, let's start here, Rashad. Here's my first question for you. Is there a song that whenever you hear it totally takes you back in time? I mean, we'll go through all these answers are going to be extremely embarrassing, and I'm just going to slowly <laughs> reveal that uh, I've somehow created this, like, cool person facade that's just... Yeah, and we're going to shatter it, and I yeah, can't yeah. wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song by Chamillionaire, the rapper. Oh, my God. Do you know who this is? Yeah, of course. But I did think it was Chamillionaire. No, it definitely is Chamillionaire. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And he also says it in the song. Oh, great. Uh, okay. But uh, <laughs> people think he's a one-hit wonder with the They See Me Rolling. Yeah. You know that song? Riding yeah, Dirty. Yeah. yeah. Riding Dirty. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he has another song called Turn It Up that I remember I used to listen to when I was walking to the bus stop. What okay. It was like in middle school, I think. So okay. it was like, uh, and we lived at the end of the cul-de-sac of a long neighborhood. It was about a mile walk. And oh. it was in the morning. Okay. And it was like one of the first things I got to do like alone, like no parent mm. supervision, but it was like walking to the bus stop. Yeah. put in my headphones and my like MP3 Zoom <laughs> like little device thing. Yep. Just you and Chamillionaire. You weren't really alone because Chamillionaire was with you. That's right. <laughs> I'd ride my scooter to the bus stop. Probably the best morning routine I've had to date. That sounds like a really good morning routine. And when you say scooter... Yeah. Was it a Razor scooter? Of course. Is there, are there, it's, they've monopolized the scooter market. Are <laughs> That's there others? the only kind of scooter. Do you remember what color wheels you had? I had an orange wheel one because I had to ride it to the bus stop. Yeah. I would actually just like toss it in a bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, are you like, serious? Well, there was no like parking for scooters. Did you there grow was, up in I, a 90s Disney sitcom? You just rolled up to the bus stop and threw it in a bush? I like would throw it under like the leaves. I lived in the suburbs, and so it was like very foresty oh around where I lived. That's and then awesome. one day, the way back was so much more fun because it was all downhill. Mm. And I went to get my orange wheel scooter, and it wasn't yeah. there. But there was a blue wheel scooter. <gasps> oh there. my god! <laughs> and <laughs> I think I committed my first whatever Crime? misdemeanor. <laughs> and in my head, someone took mine and I No, I think theirs. that is what happened. That's a very reasonable explanation in my mind. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, I think, exactly. is the lesson that you learned. We netted at each person had a scooter. Everyone so. had a scooter, right. Scooters <laughs> per person was still one. <laughs> yeah. And then you just had a different scooter and you never... <laughs> yeah. That was just your thing. Wow. 
I'm excited for you. And so whenever you hear that song, you you are brought back to that early childhood memory. It reminds me of the walk to the bus stop. Wow. Could you name any other Chameleonaire songs other than those two? Not a chance. No, me neither. Yeah. He probably was featured on something. Probably. So you shared something that you consider embarrassing because we're friends. I'm going to meet you there and tell you something embarrassing about me, also related to Chameleonaire. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew we'd spend 20 minutes talking about Chameleonaire? (laughs) Okay. I've never said this on the podcast for sure. I am positive about that. My best friend Rachel and I, whenever that song came out, so it must have been early, early preteens or something like that for us. I don't remember why. I think a few weeks prior, my friends and I had made a music video parody to the song Shoes, if you remember that internet sensation. And my friend, oh, I'll send it to you. So my friend Rachel is sleeping over at my house, and we decide we're going to make a music video to Ride and Dirty. No. Yeah, we did. And the way that we, made it thematic because it's about being in a car, right? Or like they seem whatever. This is at one in the morning. We went into my mom's car and we filmed my friend Rachel rapping while sitting in the driver's seat of my mom's (laughs) silver Lincoln Navigator. No joke. And then we set the car alarm off and my mom (laughs) came down to find us dressed in a way that we thought was appropriate for a ride and dirty music video at one in the morning in her car. My mom was like, what are you doing? Oh <laughs> like, my We're goodness. making a music video. <laughs> so Chameleon Air holds a very special place in my heart. Very so special. So you were making videos. I assume you were in your teenage, you couldn't drive, right? No, 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 definitely not. I think yeah, we yeah. were like 12 or 13 or something. I think about this sometimes because like I had similar experiences with my friends. We would make videos. Mm, like, we would mm-hmm. make little sketches. Yeah. We would film pranks of us like, yes. doing things around the neighborhood. Huh. And had we grown up in like the TikTok era that kids are growing uh-huh. up in today, yeah. we would have posted those to the internet and who knows what would have happened. Like That's super interesting. It feels like this whole video creating thing is like, I, I thought, oh, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. But like, really, if I go back to like when we were kids, we were doing mm-hmm. this all the time. There was no medium to like share it. And although, does that video exist? Because I no. think your listeners deserve no. to see it. It doesn't exist. <laughs> what do you mean no? There's it no way to know. <laughs> Who's to say? Technology was very different then. It was, um, it was probably <clears throat> totally different file type. They don't even yeah, they don't make it yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's discontinued. It was on a PC, so. It's on a cassette. I think you make a good point about that. I don't know that that would have been true for me. I think actually it was very good that I was making them for fun. <laughs> and also this is not, and thank God, for real. It's also not something I did all the time, but I do have even earlier memories of making videos. My friend and I made a, a complicated music video for Avril Lavigne. She like wore a tie. Back then though, I was behind the camera. Music videos were your thing though, clearly. Yeah, because it felt like something more doable. The one yeah. time I made a video when I was, I had a fake camera. It was like a toy for kids, but it still yeah. worked. I made a movie called Secret Agent Cat where I recorded my cat running all over the house and then I did a voiceover of the cat being a secret agent. Why am I talking about this? Uh, I this mean, is dude, this is what people cat. are doing on the internet right now. <laughs> this is what people are doing. Oh my God. Okay, let's talk more about you. Tell me this, Rashad. <laughs> turning red. What's the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something like very inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for. Anything around vibe curation, (laughs) which (laughs) I feel like has become popularized now as a concept. Uh Uh And 
whenever we're at a restaurant or hanging out at home even, like anything to do with lighting, the music, the volume, like Mm. where people are sitting. I think that Mm. stuff matters a ton to like the experience that everyone has, but not everyone agrees with this. Then I end up getting in Mm. fights with my friends about like what dimness the lighting should be. Have we talked about that before? The lighting thing? Yeah, because I have that too, like really strongly. Yeah. So I think the phrase vibe curation is hilarious. And in this case, perfectly accurate. I know exactly what you're describing. It's it's a polarizing thing. People that strongly agree with it and people that are like, what do you mean, dude? Just like fucking turn the lights on. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, and it's and it's also it's gonna affect your experience. You just don't know that it's That's happening. Right. You just it's don't hard know. to attribute. One hundred percent agree. Okay, so you are an outlier amongst your friends, or do you have friends that agree with you? My brother and sister, like my closest people, mm. probably agree with me. Okay. Then there's a, a a friend group that like doesn't really get it, but they're like, oh, yeah. this is Rachel's thing. Like he's yeah. gonna do the vibe yeah. thing. Yeah. And then there's people that really appreciate it, and then there's people mm-hmm. that like really don't like it. Wow. Okay. Well, the people that really don't like it, we can cut them right on out of our lives because (laughs) I think that this is a service you're providing to people. I think this is value you're adding to their lives. And like you said, they don't even know. They may never know. It's such an important thing. I think it's true. Like restaurants is the most apparent. I think sometimes you come away from a, a dinner or something and you might go home and say, oh my God, that was a great time with the conversation yeah. was amazing. The banter was great. Yes. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, what was the environment that you were in? Were you at a round table? Lighting versus sound. What's more important to you? Mm, oh, they're so important. Cause like lighting is important. I can't, it can't be too bright. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it throws everything off. Like you ever yeah. go into like a house party and like the, all the lights are on and like people's shoes are off and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> But then sound is really important too because you mm. walk into a restaurant and if all I can hear is like voices of yeah. people shouting, yeah. like yeah. I feel like you can't have a conversation. That's true. Or, or if, if it's, it's too just... loud, like if the music is too loud and you can't hear anybody, then that's yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. You Man. get one of those like long rectangular tables where you're at the edge. That's tough. So, do you throw parties and dinner parties yourself? I would love to have the luxury to have like a party at my house. I live yeah. in a you know normal, modest mm-hmm. New York City apartment. Uh, so I, I don't get to do that as often. I threw a party earlier at the end of last year mm-hmm. and it was a ton of fun. It was at like a venue in the Lower East Side and yeah. I made sure the vibes were How curated. are the vibes? The vibes were great. My recollection of that event is that it started so late <laughs> that I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you told me. <laughs> what happened? I don't remember when, I think I was out of town or something, but I remember looking at the invite and being like, what time does this start? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, I think it was like 12 a.m. till late. Like, what what is that, (laughs) What are you talking, that is definitely it. I think I was out of town, but that is hilarious. Oh, no, I did have a conflicting event. That is so funny. Do you remember how you became aware of either your desire to curate the vibes or the feeling of discomfort that came from not having good vibes? It's not subtle. No, I'm the same way. It is a disease a little bit because like you'll be sitting at dinner and, uh, you know, all of a sudden all you can focus on is is these external things instead of like being present in the moment and actually enjoying people's company. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely like something I've had my whole life but Mm -hmm. has gotten worse with age. Same. Okay. Do you ever take action to fix a situation that you probably shouldn't have control over? For example, at a restaurant, I will move seats. 100%. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so seen. <laughs> I'll always ask also the waiter if like we can turn the music up or down. Mm-hmm. So this is where the friends start to like roll their eyes and they're okay. like, oh, dude, right? You're doing <laughs> you know, because like I'm over here, like I'm like trying to like whisper it to the waiter so no one yeah, sees yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Well, something else I think you and I have in common is that we we want to be friends with the waiter. Totally. A hundred percent. The waiter, the grocery store right. uh, clerk. <laughs> Pretty much anyone. anyone. Hey, barber. Anyone. Yeah. I got to, I got to, how's their day going? When are they getting off? How's, what's up? Who was the most yeah. interesting person they saw today? Do you today? do Uber and Lyft or just, just Uber? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my God, the classic <laughs> question. The amount of times I've asked that question. The barber thing is interesting because it, it gets you in situations where like, now you have a good thing going with the barber and you feel yeah. like you're friends or whatever. Yeah. And then I feel awkward if I want to go to a different barber you know i feel like i'm betraying yeah, my friend that is versus a like a, a, a service provider that i shouldn't have any allegiances to i get that there are definitely people i have like that where i feel like this is my person and i, I must go to my person i think that's, that's totally do, fine that's very normal are you a do business with friends person or do you try yeah. to keep that separate it, it depends on the situation it can be risky technically we're doing business right now that's true it's and yeah, we decided like, it was going okay is yeah, yeah, but like, okay. what, but about, it, it, no, it's going great. <laughs> if you were to hire like a realtor to find, you know, would you say you wanted to buy a house? Yes, I have used my friend as a realtor before. Mm. It went okay. And yeah. you're like, and we're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great friendship and it ran its course. He did an amazing job. I actually think because we were friends, he really like did, made a out. lot of extra effort. Yeah, it can definitely so go That was well. a success story, but it can, it can also go super badly. It can be very awkward. For sure. Okay, Rashad, do you have a favorite joke? There's a Mitch Hedberg joke that kills me. He's a one-liner comic mm-hmm. for people who don't know Mitch Hedberg. But like, yes. he does a joke that's, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. And that to me Such is just like one. a perfect joke. I completely agree. Mitch Hedberg was one of the first comedians I really knew about. I think it's because his one-liners would get compiled and posted to YouTube. Yep. My favorite Mitch Hedberg joke is, I don't have a girlfriend, but I do have a girl who'd be really mad if she heard me say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I'm trying to think of others. So oh, he had good. that one. He was like, uh, uh, I'm definitely going to butcher this one, but he says something like, sometimes I'll think of a joke, but I won't be near my pen. Mm-hmm. So I either have to get up and find the pen mm-hmm. or convince myself that the joke wasn't funny enough to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> like something that's along great. those lines. His brain just works in, in ways that I'm like, oh my God, that's so genius and yeah, so stupid truly. at the same time. Truly. Wow. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg jokes sound a lot like what we now think of as tweets. Like people I think 10, 15 years ago would have been like, oh, that sounds like a Mitch Hedberg joke. And now I think they'd be like, that sounds like a tweet. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I don't know if there's a comedian now that's doing that sort of like one-liner. Jimmy Carr maybe is the closest. I think not with the same very clear shtick. Like one-liner comedian, I feel like it was a very clear shtick. And I've seen them live, but I can't think of anyone that has like a full special of one-liners, for example. Yeah. It can wear (laughs) off. Like it's hard to listen to an hour of one-liners. I agree. But I think as far as I'm like a uh, instant gratification kind of guy. (laughs) And so (laughs) I can definitely do like five, ten minutes of it. Well, that's pretty good. All right, 5'10". If you could pick any era to be 18 years old in, what would it be? Well, I think to our earlier conversation about yeah. the, the creator and video and like mm-hmm. making these 
videos as kids. I think now would be a great time to be an 18 Really? Wow. Okay. So 18 and 2023, 20, so you'd be born in like 2005. Right. Which, which <laughs> th- I mean, I understand as, as someone who's born in the line, 90s, like anyone who's born in the 2000s, like yes. you can't really take them seriously. I was trying to explain this to someone recently, thinking that there are people who were born after the year 2000 who are now not only sentient people, but full-on adults, like full-on, they're out of college. March Madness was last month, and Mm. all those kids were born in the 2000s. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that is so wild. It's just hard because I remember the year 2000. I was there. What happened in 2000? I think Xenon Girl of the 21st Century came out. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you felt the need to sort of stutter and, like, wait on it. Like, it wasn't Yeah, let me as though that wasn't immediately the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. I think I was actually in Disney World for 2000 because I I remember there being very elaborate, like, because the end of a, is that a millennium yes, or a century? It, it, That's it's a millennium. millennium. It was both. It's both because a, a century is 100 years, right. millennium is 1,000 years. Okay, so I know what you're talking about. I was in Florida at the turn of the millennia as, millennium as well, but not mm. in, um, not at Disney World. But I remember all the marketing around the celebration, like the 2000, the zeros were Mickey Mouse ears. It was yes, exactly. It was a huge thing that I totally underappreciated as a kid because that's what kids do. Of course. Okay, so you and I then we were both out of state for New Year's Eve 1999 into 2000 and did you have the same fear that Y2K was going to make it impossible for you to fly home because that was my pressing fear. I don't think I was conscious like that. I was six years old. Oh, you were six. That's right. I was <laughs> yeah. like nine. I was like it's sleeping like... <laughs> in my stroller like, where the fuck are we and why is it so loud? That's funny. <laughs> Wait, you got wheeled around at age six? Maybe that's a little old <laughs> for, for <Sean>. a stroller. <laughs> were you a prince? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my carriage. You didn't have a carriage? <laughs> Your attendants are waiting on you. More orange juice, sir. Yeah. I had a bad thing when I was a kid where like they, my parents were am- amazing and we would travel mm-hmm. to these nice places and mm. I would just fall asleep during like, oh. the main the main <laughs> events, like the fireworks of the uh, end of the, you know, and yes. I'd just be like sleeping. I'm like, still wow. happens today. I get yelled at by my friends for sleeping during movies and stuff. Really? What was the most bizarre place you've fallen asleep recently? Have you heard of Lord of the Dance? Isn't that Irish river dancing? Yep, exactly. I... <laughs> Saw them live, (laughs) which, by the way, this is not an appropriate experience for like a 10-year-old, which I was when I think my aunt took me (laughs) with my cousins and I fell asleep during that. And it's like literally like tap dancing. It's loud tapping. loud tap dancing. Do you think Lord of the Dance is still around? Do you think they're still dancing? I haven't heard of it in a long time. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. I I also fell asleep at at yoga the other day, like after Shafasana. (laughs) Did they have to wake you up? (laughs) Dude, it was so embarrassing. The uh, <laughs> everyone had so I we did shavasana, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, usually after shavasana, they they say you know let's like end with a um, and mm-hmm. then everyone puts their blocks away and goes yep. to the locker room and goes yes. home. I just get woken up by the instructor. When oh. you know how yoga instructors are, they're so peaceful. Yes. Hi. Excuse me, sir, but and I look around and there's no one in the studio. It's oh just me, God. her, and like oh the janitors at the door with like a mop, like waiting <laughs> to come in. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's hilarious. How long do you think they let you sleep? <laughs> I hope it was like three minutes. Yeah, I it hope it could so have too. been. 15. It could have been longer. <laughs> 
I love that that in this world where it was 15 minutes, she was just like walking around wondering, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. do I like, wake this man up? She probably like checked all her emails. She's like, all right, I'm done with all the yes, things yes, I could exactly. do. <laughs> Squared the blocks up, like made everything yeah, look exactly. really neat and tight and looking over at you like still sleeping, okay. I really appreciated that sort of like little micro favor she paid me. Mm-hmm. Just like giving nice. me the, the time to. Wow, relax. that's a good yoga teacher right there. Okay, so 18 in 2023. And one of the reasons you say that is that it sounds like it would be fun to be experiencing a lot of the technology that's around right now, but as a teenager? Yeah, like, I, I think it's cool. I know people like our generation and older look look at these, like, kids that are TikToking, hmm. and everyone wants to be a YouTube creator instead of, like, you know, value creating jobs in society. Yeah, sure. But I think there's some really cool things about that. Someone that I've worked with is... She's like 22 years old Mm. and about to get her first job, but has built a following on TikTok and, you know, will do brand deals with brands that are associated with the the content she creates. And she hasn't even had her first job yet. And she's sort of got this little like side hustle, which I know you're you're big on this whole like it doesn't Mm. have to be your full time thing. Mm -hmm. It can be a a hobby or mm-hmm. something that you do while mm-hmm. also having a quote unquote normal job and you yes, have definitely. these different revenue streams and like a future where that becomes normal and something that people can do is is cool. I think it's super exciting how many tools are so accessible to younger people right now for sure. The downside though to being 18 right now is that you have grown up with the looming presence of the internet for your entire yeah. life and I am really grateful that I did not. Yes. I uh, I tend to be overly optimistic about this kind of stuff. Oh, that's and, so uh, sweet. Can I have I some of your <laughs> optimism about it? <laughs> that good. Sure. I'm going to text you next time. I could I'm use some skepticism too. Okay, good. Well, let's meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I realize it later and then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, maybe it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, not that I have any interest in being the skeptical friend, but I'll be the cautiously optimistic friend. Yes, cautiously You can just be optimistic. optimistic. I'll be cautiously optimistic. And together, I think we're just going to be like delightful, reasonable people I trying to get the waiter to like us. This is what friends are for, is, is <laughs> yes. keeping you back in checks and balances. That's right. Okay, tell me this. If you could choose any social nicety to get rid of, what would it be? Oof. Um, <laughs> that sigh was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> buckle up. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Pretty much 95% of all social interactions. I think like starting text threads with hi, how are you, Mm -hmm. even though there's a clear ask there. Yes. But like the person needs to do the hi, how are you thing to like make it seem like they didn't just hit you up for this thing. I think we can get rid of that, you know, like it's okay. It's okay. Ask me for the thing, you know, (laughs) and I'll tell you if I can do the thing and I won't be offended that you don't, you didn't ask me how I am and we won't have like you know, done this whole social gymnastics to get to the original thing that you wanted. And it feels inauthentic when someone asks how you're doing and then immediately follows that sentence with a sentence asking for a favor because that's not why they're texting. Exactly. And I know it and you know it. And everybody knows it. I agree. (laughs) I agree. So, okay. So let's say I want to ask you a favor. How would you like that text to start? Actually, what you sent me to come on the pod I was literally just going to look at that. (laughs) It's exactly what it is. It's like, hey, you want to come on the pod? Sure. Yes. Not like, hey, how are you? No, I didn't say how are you at all. Wow, that's great. 
That is great. Okay, good. I really don't like that type of thing. I'm totally with you. The like fake, how's it going? I'm trying to think of others. Potentially, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about birthday wishes? Ooh. This is a spicy one. This is spicy because I feel very strongly. I like to text people on their birthday. Yeah, I had a sense. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do to keep track? I'm going to tell you. Facebook. I use a separate app on my phone. It's called Hip. And I put all my friends' birthdays in it. And then it sends me a push notification. It's specifically built with this purpose? Yes. I don't have your birth. No, wait. When's your birthday? I don't have it. June 25th. Oh, my God. It's coming up. June 25th. Okay. See, so now on June 25th, it will um, tell me. Okay. Well, maybe maybe this will help, but... So is it that you don't feel like we should be sending birthday notif- birthday? No, no. I'm not that extreme on it, but I don't want to get shamed if I missed the birthday. Yeah. This I agree with. Because there's a big difference there. Like, I don't expect anyone to remember my birthday. I want to remember my friends' birthdays. Yeah. Especially because then if you don't send it, yeah. now you're at this point where it's been two days. Yep. Maybe you've realized it was their birthday and you missed it. Yes, yes. And it's like, fuck, do yeah. I just not say anything? Mm. Do I say happy belated? I always say happy belated. Do I apologize? Hey, sorry, I missed it. Oh my God, just realized I missed your birthday. So sorry. Yeah. Love you. How was it? Yes. How'd it go? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now we're in, hey, how are you? Now we're in, hey, how are you? I know, but it depends. If I'm only texting them for that purpose, I do think that's fine. The worst though is, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and be texting and have a totally normal chat and then realize it is their birthday right now? Oh, that's the worst. That that feels bad. That feels and bad. you only realize through another friend that you're texting yeah. later. In or the like day you see on like, Instagram or something, and they're like, "Oh, add something for my birthday," and you're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> I was like, "I texted you about the dumbest stuff imaginable, and you texted back." <laughs> that I think needs to be. That's fixed. tough to come back. There for, should yeah. be. It really is. Okay, you know how there are do not disturb statuses where you can now say like Rashad is like not getting Paused notifications. notifications. Yeah, yeah. There should be one that's like. Today is Rashad's birthday. A hundred percent. And then anyone texting you can be aware. I think that would help. Get Tim Cook on the phone. We have the yeah. next big idea. They already have birthday as a field in your contacts. Yes. So I feel like the, let's put in the PR. And this is a P0 request. Yeah. Think about the, the scale of social shame this is causing across We could be putting a lot of good out into the world by fixing this pressing issue. And that's what software is all about, right? And that is what software is all about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you should make this your birthday wish this year. Yours is next. That's great. You're on it. Okay, great. Okay, so Rashad, I have a two-part question for you. And I'm curious to see what you think about this. It's two parts because my first question is who would play you in a movie? And then the second part is which chapter of your life do you think would make for the most interesting movie plot? And by chapter, by the way, it could be an hour of your life. It could be two weeks. It could be a year. It could be three years. The scope of time could be whatever makes most sense for this movie to have a compelling, exciting plot or Mm. an emotionally rich, funny, hilarious, whatever it is. I might need your help to sort of workshop the movie. I'm happy to help. Do we know who's yeah. playing you? So where I want to go with this is I feel like it should be like a like a, a Middle Eastern actor. Okay. You know, and yes. there are two that come to mind. So Rami Malek. Yes. He's Egyptian. I was going to suggest him. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And then there's another comedian named Rami. I don't know what his last name is, but he just goes by Rami. Youssef, I think? Yeah, maybe. 
That sounds right. Yes, Rami Youssef. Yeah. They yeah. just coincidentally happened to be named Rami and both yes, yeah, yeah, Egyptian, yeah. but for sure. that, those would be my first two. My real answer of who like I would love to play me, though, is Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I love this. I just need to know more. <laughs> I tend to go deep on specific people that are like very impressionable to me, and I had, mm. uh, for a while, it was Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. I had a Gary Vee phase. It's usually, okay. it's pretty embarrassing. All of that. Who else is it. in this Hall of Fame? Neil I Patrick Harris and Gary Vaynerchuk, the big two. Yeah, Prof G. I saw he was on your pod the yes. other day. Yes. Oh, he was a great guest. Scott Galloway. Scott Galloway. Yeah, yeah. Let the record show that people like that, and we are. <laughs> yeah. It is Scott Galloway, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Neil, <laughs> Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Harris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In fairness, my Gary V phase was I was like 21 years old, right? Okay. Like, so it was yeah, like yeah. I was target, you know. Um, so I have no issue with the fandom. What I'm trying to understand is what these three what are the commonalities have in common. <laughs> I can understand. I can get behind the Scott Galloway, Gary V. I just need you to connect the dot to the Neil Patrick Harris moment. Professor G and and Gary V. Maybe you can find more similarities yeah. there. But like first, Neil Patrick Harris. I think it was watching How I Met Your Mother. Okay. And like his character and his plays and the playbook thing and like obviously super misogynistic, <laughs> but like. <laughs> Okay. As a sitcom. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> yes. And then there's an opening act from the Tonys in 2013. Have yes. you seen this? Of course. It is probably my, definitely my most YouTube played video. It is incredible. Like to the point where anyone who's friends with me has probably seen it like three times just yeah. because it's like you throw it on, whatever. It's just, it's like 10 minutes and it is one of the most amazing just like productions Hmm. Of live, yeah, live theater slash Broadway musical vibe. And his ability to like rap, do acrobatics. Like he's just so multi-talented. Yes, yes, yes. I had no idea that you felt this way about Neil Patrick Harris. Also, I'm noticing one commonality between the three of them is it's Prof G, Gary V, and NPH. So maybe you're a big initials Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Big nicknames and initials. I know the Tony opening you're talking about because I had the same reaction to it, which is this is a feat of human accomplishment. It's just pure excellence all the way through. Are you a musical theater fan? Uh, Yes. I get that musicals are kind of cheesy in that way. Mm. And so... I can get turned off if it's a little bit too, like, in the middle of the scene, they break out into song... Okay. Which is kind of the, you the don't basis like that? of the whole yes. musical. <laughs> but I okay. appreciate parts of it as well. Best Disney Channel movie for me, High School Musical. Okay. Do you consider yourself a Troy Bolton type? Macho man on the outside, but like <laughs> softy in the inside. <laughs> I'll let you interpret the question however you choose. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like projecting myself yeah. now onto Troy Bolton. Uh, a little bit. I'm I'm mm. definitely more open about it than sure. Troy Bolton's character is in the movie. Yeah. You know, he's like ashamed of his like yeah. singing. And I'm, I'm like I'm like singing out loud to my yeah. friends. Yeah, you know? and like talking about it on a podcast. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, public. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Wow, this is so, I have. There's so many layers to you, Rashad. I didn't know this at all. I'm so excited. Have you ever been in a musical? I don't think so. No, I've done like musical improv though. In really like here in New York City, there's there's you know drop in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, musical improv at the pit. Yeah, did you like it? I thought it was so much fun. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I was very good at it. I've only done it a few times, but like, mm-hmm. I felt like a little kid in there. It was like, yes, and, that's the best part. 
it, it's cool because you'd think it's harder than regular improv, mm-hmm. but it's actually in some ways easier because you start the scene like you would in a regular improv scene mm-hmm. where you develop characters, you establish who you are and, and all that stuff. And then there's usually a live pianist that's when the scene gets to a junction of like, mm. you know, hey, it was good seeing you the other day the pianist starts playing music. Yes, yes, yes. And the music kind of matches the tone of whatever the scene opening was. And so now you sort of create the scene and and like you have a backdrop to rely on as opposed to having to think of something funny or take the scene in in a funny direction. Totally. It's almost like there are some constraints to work with. It's not just blue ocean, everything is in front of you. You have a couple indicators like the tempo of the music, the tone of the music, what's already been said in the scene. That sounds so fun. I love that you took a musical improv class. Bringing it back to NPH as an actor who's going to play you because I really love this idea. (laughs) Um, I want to know what chapter of your life we think, maybe we could back into it and say, what would Neil Patrick Harris do a particularly good job fitting into? Maybe college. Hmm, interesting. A lot of self-discovery. Okay. In college, figuring out what you actually like, what, yes. who wants to be your friend, who actually mm-hmm. you want to be friends with versus yeah. like who is just like cool. Yep. A lot of like, you know, going to the college bars and mm-hmm. doing the college bar things sure. that I feel like Neil Patrick Harris would be good at. Yeah, from his time on How I Met Your Mother. So he'd be bringing in a lot of that yeah. character, we think, for Rashad. It'd be yeah. like his character on How I Met Your Mother plus him from the opening of the Tonys equals Rashad. Exactly. I'll watch that movie. I think it could be good. What do we think the arc is for your character? Do you think that we're showing, and I'll, I'll guess I'll, I'll provide some options that are sticking out to me, but I like love the theme of self-discovery. College, obviously a great time for that. Is this maybe toward the end of college? Are you facing that moment of graduation and you have to go out into the real world and decisions have to get made? Is it mm. right after you've graduated and you're sort of like, whoa, I've been kicked out of that comfortable nest and now I'm stumbling around figuring everything out? Yeah, maybe that's the, actually the arc. It's more like the just graduated from college because cool. I'm remembering my first interactions with corporate America, which is actually mm. the inception of this character that I've created uh. on TikTok and Instagram corporation, which is, you know, I had this perception of the world based on my 22 years of living. And then I get thrown into corporate America and all of a sudden everyone is super robotic Mm -hmm. and everything is filled with pleasantries. No one is really being their true self until like it comes like happy hour time. Then people have had a couple drinks and all of a sudden like people are opening up a little bit. I'm like, oh, these people are kind of cool. And then the next morning it's like, Hey, good morning. Nice to meet you. Like, whatever. Everyone's just yeah, like yeah, back, back into their like robotic yes, self. To routine, totally. Okay, I really like this. I don't I don't know if that answers the arc question, but I think that is an interesting plot line. Well, I think this is an interesting premise for the movie. And then I think for like a character arc or a plot, we need to kind of have some exciting event or challenge that needs to be overcome. And exciting, it doesn't have to be big. You know, I mean, the plot of Superbad is let's get alcohol for this party to impress girls. That's right. It doesn't have to be high stakes. It just has to feel high stakes to the character. So it could be, I mean, we could make it a romantic comedy and it could center around a love story. We could make it. I think the leaving your job thing is interesting, but it might be too we would be collapsing two parts of your life in a way that may Mm. not be the perfect fit. Also, I think that could be its 
own movie itself. We could bring in the self-discovery theme. Maybe your character like starts doing something outside of work yeah. in some way. But now we're back to Troy Bolton. Okay, well, okay so let's be real. This is now high school musical. By day. Yeah. <laughs> this is what if Troy Bolton worked at McKinsey? <laughs> That's my movie Perfect. arc, is just putting Honestly, Troy Bolton in. I love this. <laughs> Let's do, I think this sounds great. Yes, and then at night you have some other alter ego, and then the two worlds collide. You have yeah. the big presentation for the client is the same day as your, like, musical improv performance or something exactly. like that. Oh, my God, I love it so much. Uh, we got there. I wasn't sure we were going to get there. I knew. I knew the whole time. Oh, I love that so much. Rashad, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Mercury, the company more than 100,000 startups trust for banking. Through partner banks and their sweep networks, Mercury offers up to $5 million in FDIC insurance. That's 20 times the per bank limit. And with Mercury Vault, any funds above the FDIC insured amount can be easily invested in a money market fund, predominantly composed of US government-backed securities, providing startups of any size a simple way to manage bank risk and protect their cash. As someone that fielded many a text message from founder friends on the weekend which must not be named, I can confirm, startups already have enough chaos and hurdles to jump without also having to stress about the safety of their money. Plus, it's simple to get started. Applying takes just minutes and many customers are approved and onboarded in less than two hours. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances. Ooh, a disclosure. Mercury is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Evolve Bank and Trust, members FDIC. And we're back with Rashad Asir, a content creator. Rashad, we have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know what's coming, but let's do it. (laughs) That's right. That's the attitude I'm looking for. We've arrived at the lightning round. Woo! It just means um, they're shorter questions. (laughs) Were you expecting something more? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I was expecting confetti to come out. No, I think something should happen. Sometimes I go, but I feel like, you know, I can't do that every time. You need maybe like a little animation. Lightning round with Alexis (gasps) Gay. Like boop, 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 you know? I love that. Can I just play that audio every time? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, that's the new lightning round theme song. Uh, first question for you is coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Me too. How do you take it? Black. Always? Pretty much. An Americano, but even the Americano is black. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think an Americano is only if a good drip is not available, personally. Yep. Okay, big revelation <laughs> the other day. Usually I only drink hot coffee, and I went for an uh, iced coffee yesterday for the first time in like a couple years and it was incredible. I used to do cold brew in the afternoons. Yeah, me too. That used to be my second coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I switched my second coffee for tea. Yes. Yeah, no, I've downgraded. Do you drink any matcha? Mm-mm. I don't get the device situation. I don't think I, I definitely don't. What isn't do it? Does matcha is the one that comes in? Or I'm thinking of mate. That's I different. don't know. What, what kind of device is it? There's this like metallic silver thing that oh. people, it's like an Argentinian drink. Is I it their little little brush? Is a brush? Okay, it's definitely mate. Okay. So not. Oh, is matcha. that what yerba mate is? I think so. Wow. <laughs> or maybe that's a third thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that I don't know because I do usually love unnecessary, complicated, ritualistic drinks. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm like a pretty simple dude. Okay, interesting. How do you make your coffee, or do you go out? A pour over, and my brother actually just got me one of those, like the one with like the long. A gooseneck kettle. Yes. 
Okay. What kind of pour over situation are you working with? Like a single cup pour over? Single cup. It like yeah. sits on top of the mug. Sits on top of the mug. I think it's meant to it. sit on top of one of those like bowl shaped things and you know, you okay. can make more of it, but. Are you referring yeah. to a Chemex? Maybe. Okay. Wow, you we'll really go this. deep in all I really, of the... I love, I love, I've told you, I like unnecessarily complicated ritualistic drink making. Do you have a grinder? I just got one of those too, like a coffee yeah, grinder. Yeah, Like hand grind your... You're hand grinding over there? Rashad is on the grind. Let the yeah. record show. No, I have a burr grinder for consistency. Yeah, I don't know. It makes all we'll the grounds see. the same size. Okay, um, I'll come over. You can make me coffee. Okay, do you have a favorite board game? Codename's a board game? Sure. Yeah, I love. Yeah, codenames. that's a really yeah. fun one. Have you played that yeah, recently? Yeah. I did. I I like kind of rediscovered it because we mm. played a lot and then it got boring because we were like okay. playing too yeah. much. Yeah, and it can be kind of a buzzkill in the wrong times. But yes, vibe curation. Sometimes the yeah, vibe, vibe is a board game, and sometimes the vibe is not a board game. And it's all about reading the situation. That's right. But codenames, I I think is probably my favorite. What's yours? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? Top sheet. Where where does the top sheet go? Top sheet Which is, one the, is the top it's sheet? the flat one between the fitted and whatever blanket duvet comfort. Oh yeah, you got. yeah, yeah. I yeah. do. I I put uh, yeah yes, and I have to use it. I think my mom told me when I was a kid that that's actually what keeps you warm. Oh. And it huh. stuck with me, and now I have to use that thing. If okay. I if I don't use that one, the top yeah. sheet, I I don't. I feel like I don't sleep well. I have never heard the warming theory. I really mm-hmm. like it. I always thought it was a laundry thing. Like, oh, this is nice and clean. So you don't have to wash your duvet cover as much. Though, as an adult, I wash my duvet cover whenever I wash my sheets. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What's your tactic for putting it back in? Thank you for asking. You would think. <laughs> here's, the, let me, here's the thing. People act like putting the duvet cover in is hard. And I don't think it's actually hard, but emotionally it is one of the largest struggles I face in my life. Like the idea of having to put the duvet cover on, I like mope about it for a solid yeah, yeah. 10 to 15 the minutes. The mental overhang of I have to do this. Right. Correct. And if you think that I haven't just slept without a duvet cover certain <laughs> nights in my life, you're wrong. I absolutely have. So what's your tactic though? No. Oh, okay. You turn the duvet cover a little inside out. So you can get the corners of the comforter itself aligned with the top corners of the duvet cover. So then what you're doing is in each hand, you're holding the cover properly over the comforter. And you okay. get a good grip on that. And then I stand on my bed and like I'm at CrossFit, I just whip the bejesus out of it until the comforter mm. makes its way all the way down the duvet cover. So you fully inside out it. Grab yep. the corners yep. and then get the corners like, in the, the right place and then crossfit motion yep. until it works its way all the way down. It, it's gotcha. not that hard. It takes me. And you just keep your balance on the yeah. bed as much. As I mean, no one should ever observe me doing this. I wouldn't say it's right. me at my most graceful, but it does get the job done. What do you do? I do the Superman. <laughs> What's the Superman? <laughs> you don't know about the Superman? No. <laughs> the Superman is when you. You grab each corner of the comforter. Uh-huh. Okay. You fully immerse yourself inside <laughs> of the duvet cover. And you put your hands on each corner. Oh, my God. And you're standing at the foot of your bed. And then you jump like Superman, try to get horizontal, parallel to the bed. Oh, my God. Onto the bed. The Superman. Did you make that up? I think I might have. Oh, my God. 
good. It scores a B in effectiveness, but it's an A plus in fun. That's a good time right there. That's so funny. <laughs> and that helps with the with the what we were talking about. You're defeating about. the mental anguish. Who knew that one of Superman's powers was getting a duvet cover on the bed? I look forward to it now. I'm impressed. That's incredible. Oh my God, Rashad. Okay, this is my last question for you. I'm never gonna recover from what you just told me. <laughs> what would you title your memoir? Memoir is like an autobiography. Sure. Yeah. She's like, no, but... No, it is. <laughs> it can be a lot of things. It can be like reflecting on a period of your life or a series of vignettes about your life or an autobiography. The, the autobiography is more like a robust history of you as a person, whereas a memoir could be like reflecting on my time as whatever. Got it. And it's in the first person. You are writing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, would you rather hire someone no, to no, no. ghostwrite I think, it? I think... I think <laughs> I think it would be, I just want to dance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I think that was my bio on Instagram for a while. Really? Yeah. Because it really is. It's like, I, I'd love to eventually grow into a place where, like, I'm helping the world. Yeah. And, and sort of giving back a little bit. Like, like I feel like that's the, the normal arc of, mm-hmm. of, of like, the coming of age into your 30s and 40s and 50s mm. and you know, you learn and acquire all this stuff and then you give it back. But really, really at my core, yeah, I just want to dance. You just want to dance. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love it so much. Rashad, it has been so fun having you on Non-Technical. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Where can people find more about you online? Just all of the Soshis. Yeah. Hit them Soshis. At Corporation. At Corporation, TikTok, Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't post as much as I should, although I did learn how to write good tweets from you. <laughs> so, you know, every, <laughs> I'll dabble. Love it. Um, but yeah. At Corporation, that's C O R P O R A Y S H I D. So check him out. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay and at Non Technical Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Rashad, one more time. This was a delight. This was so fun. Thank you. Yeah great way to start the week. Absolutely. Okay, I'll see you soon. 